Please join me in prayer. Dear God, you've gathered us once more to worship you. You've gathered us once more to remind us of your sovereign grace and glory, but also to remind us of your tender love for us. Lord, you have a deep desire that each one of us grow up into the full maturity of a disciple of Jesus Christ. You want to see us grow in faithfulness to see us grow in love, to be more and more like Christ every day. And so you gather us to worship, to be reminded that we are all about you. You gather us to worship, to be strengthened by one another and by the power of your Spirit, to be lifted up, so that when we go out into the world, we go, Lord, having put on the armor of God, having clothed ourselves with Christ, and being aware of your deep and intimate love for us. So in your abiding care, be with us now. Inspire my words. Open our hearts to the reading of your word. May we listen and hear your voice. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We continue on in this journey through the book of Acts as the church develops, as the church grows, the picture that we see is a church in Acts 1 that's very small and frankly somewhat uncertain. And as the church goes on through the book of Acts, it's not that they become any more certain, but that God expands their vision far beyond the city of Jerusalem and what we begin to see today is that God is expanding their vision beyond just the community of the Jews. You know, we forget so easily now that the, the disciples and that Jesus were all very, very Jewish. And that first community was very Jewish. And this, the book of Acts is all about how it expands and about how that community and the disciples begin to see that God is calling them beyond the Jewish community, beyond just those limits. And so what we begin here is we begin to see the church reaching out to the people on the boundaries, reaching out and gathering them in. And their identity is being challenged and they're trying to figure out what is faithful and what is not. How do we understand what God is doing in our midst? It's the same question we have today, right? How do we understand what God is doing in our midst? And how do we pursue it with faithfulness? And as we know today, and we're challenged from so many different areas, as society pushes on the church, we wrestle with how do we know how to be faithful? How do we know to what new things God is calling us today? And how do we know where we're supposed to draw a line and say, we shall go this far, but no farther? It is so challenging. Denominations come together and split over this question. And the church, 2,000 years ago, wrestled with similar questions. How do we know? How do we understand who and how God is calling us to be the church? You know, we take so much of this for granted because we've read the stories, we know the stories. But in those times, they were really challenged. 
Is this too far? Do we welcome these people? How do we understand how the church is called to be the church? And so thinking with all those questions, we turn into Acts 8, 26 to 40. This is a story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go toward the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So Philip got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home. Seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, Do you understand what you are reading? He replied, How can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. Like a lamb silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, About whom, may I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip began to speak. And starting with this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop. And both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he was passing through the region, he proclaimed the good news to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. So, how many of you have ever planted some seed or some bulb in the ground, covered it with dirt in the hopes that it would grow? Right? This is the season in which we've, we've started to do this as we, we hopefully look toward spring. Uh, Rachel's family came down to visit and they came down Thursday and they were going to stay through today and their spring has been somewhat interrupted. They left last night due to snow and ice. Um, they're waiting on six inches of snow as we speak. But this is the season in which we begin to plant with that hope inside of us that whatever it is we planted will grow up and, and flower, will grow up and produce fruit and vegetables. But imagine if you plant this seed or this bulb and it gets really comfortable down there. And it starts thinking, I'm protected from the elements. I've got the warmth of the earth around me. All just stay here. I've planted many of things to which I attribute that they have made that choice for I have never seen nor heard from them again. But just imagine if what it is you are planting decided, I'll just stay 
where it's warm and it's comfortable rather than going up into the unknown. Or imagine if, if children made the decision, let's say that they got to the age of five and they said, you know what, play is great. I'll just stay here. I go in in the mornings, I wake up Caleb and take him to school. And I'll go in in the morning and I'll say, Caleb, what are you going to do today? And he looks at me and he says, play! <laughs> and I realize, that's all he's going to do today. That's his only responsibility. Play. He doesn't have to worry about paying the bills. He doesn't have to worry about learning things. He just gets to play. And we as adults, we have this agenda, right? We're going to guide their play, and so they don't realize it, but they're learning things. You know, we kind of sneak that in there. But he's just playing. And you know what? We couldn't blame him if he just said, I'm going to stay at two and a half, and I'm just going to play. I'm comfortable. It's fun. Wouldn't this be easy to just play? But think about what he would lose, what he would miss out on. Think about what we would lose if our seeds and our bulbs, think about what we would miss out on if they just stayed where it was comfortable. If they refused to allow themselves to grow. And sure, we face adversity in growth, but if we refuse to do that, think about what Caleb would miss out on. Think about what these plants and flowers. Think about the beauty we would miss out on if they chose to just stay where it was comfortable. Well, to grow spiritually, to grow as individuals, to grow as the church, it requires intention. It requires that we make a decision, and often what it requires is that we allow ourselves to be uncomfortable. We allow ourselves to be pushed beyond what we would choose to do. Maybe it's just our time that we have to give up. Maybe it's this mental and physical energy that we have to give up. But in order to grow spiritually, it requires that we make the decision. We can't just hope that it happens. Hope that over time we eventually mature into disciples. But we have to allow ourselves to be actively led by the Holy Spirit. To be actively challenged by God. To think about how we are being called into the future. And this passage today is about two men. Individuals who have been challenged to grow. And they have choices to make. They have choices to make where they can choose to stay where it's comfortable or they can allow themselves to be challenged and led and be led into the future that God has prepared for them. And both of them, their decisions radiate far beyond just themselves. So first I want to talk about Philip. Now if we look back over the 8th chapter, eighth, eighth chapter of Acts, some section we didn't read, Philip has been preaching in Samaria. And Philip has been having these huge results. God has been using Philip to do these amazing things. And Acts chapter 8, verse 8 says, There was great joy in that city, because Philip came to proclaim the word, and God was doing amazing things through him. And then there's a section that talks about Simon, who was this magician. And he amazed all the people of Samaria, and they all said that he was someone great. But then, 
Simon heard about God. Simon heard about Jesus Christ and he was baptized. Even Simon himself believed. He stayed constantly with Philip in verse 13. He was amazed when he saw the signs and great miracles that took place. And so Philip has been in Samaria and seen all these amazing things. And then in Acts chapter 8 verse 26, God says, go to this wilderness road. Go to the middle of nowhere. And Philip has a decision to make. I'd imagine, let's say you're a music star and your career has really taken off and one day you play in, the, in Philip's arena in front of 30,000 people and it's this massive concert and you get all this publicity. And the next day somebody calls you up and says, I want you to go play at a bingo hall in Sweetwater. There's a part of you that's going to say, I just want to stay here in Atlanta, where it's comfortable, where all these people know me, where I've become this huge hit. I don't want to go there. It's the middle of nowhere. But, Philip, it says, verse 27, so he got up and went to the middle of nowhere, to the middle of the wilderness, to the middle of the desert. He went to this road. He didn't know what was going to happen, but he trusted God. And then, all of a sudden, there's this Ethiopian and this chariot that goes by. Philip's never met him, doesn't know anything about him. But God says, go up to the chariot. Verse 30. So Philip ran up to it. God told him what to do and Philip didn't question. He just did it. He was obedient. He had a humble heart. And so as a result, he enters into this relationship with this Ethiopian. And now the Ethiopian, he has choices to make too. The Ethiopian would have been very powerful back at home. But he was, he was interested in the Jewish faith. And so he goes to Jerusalem to worship. But being, uh, being an Ethiopian eunuch, he wouldn't have been allowed into the temple. So he has to stand on the outside. He's an outsider on the boundary looking in. So he's never allowed full admittance. And so he can choose to be angry about that, right? So he goes home. He's on his way home, and all of a sudden this strange man in the middle of the wilderness who he's never met runs up to his chariot and asks the Ethiopian, do you understand what you are reading? Now, I don't know about you, but I don't really like admitting that I don't know things. I don't like admitting my ignorance. But the Ethiopian is willing to be humble, to have a teachable spirit. And he says, how can I unless someone guides me? The Ethiopian opens himself up and says, I need to be taught. He has a teachable heart. And as a result, Philip joins in and Philip teaches him about Jesus Christ. He teaches him about how the scriptures all point to Jesus Christ. And the Ethiopian gets so excited that when he sees water, he says, what is to prevent me from being baptized? And indeed, he is baptized. And then he's so excited, he goes home and our church history tells us he became the first missionary in Africa. And so he begins to spread the word. Now Philip, he goes back to his home 
And he begins to spread the word about what God is doing. And the church begins to open up. And the church begins to welcome people who are on the boundaries. The church begins to invite in people they might not have otherwise. And what we see is that both Philip and the Ethiopian, who were willing to be humble, were willing to be led, were willing to be challenged. And because of them, the future of the church was transformed. God did amazing things through their teachable spirits. And so the question for us is do we have teachable spirits? Are we willing to be humble and let ourselves be led by God into the next chapter of our life in faith? God has a next step for each and every one of us. And it's so easy to get comfortable. It's so easy to just stop and say, I'm in a really good place. But God challenges us to be hungry to grow. God challenges us to be eager to dive into His Word. To be excited to spend time in prayer listening to God. To gather together with other believers. To hear what they have to say. To be challenged so that we can think about how God wants us to grow. Because God wants each of us to grow as individuals. Because when we grow as individuals, the church grows. When we grow in faith, we lead the church outward to spread the gospel, the good news. We gather together, and as we're each growing, we're all growing together. And friends, the church in 21st century America has a lot of things to wrestle with. We have a lot of big decisions to make about how we're going to understand what's happening in the world around us. And the way that we're going to do that in the Presbyterian Church is we're going to listen to what God is saying through each and every one of us. We're going to honor our voices. We're going to honor the fact that we come from different places. But if we're growing as individuals, then we as a church come together and we grow in our understanding about what it means to be the church today. And God can do amazing things through us. When we gather together in spite of our differences, God can grow the church and lead us forward so that we understand what it means to be the church today. But the onus is on us. Are we eager to grow? Do we have a teachable spirit to submit ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and let Him lead us forward? Will we be patient and trust God? That even if we don't understand the big picture, we trust in Him to lead us forward, to teach us how to be faithful. Let us pray. Gracious and holy Lord, I pray that each and every one of us in our spirits may have a hunger for your word. May have a longing for your presence. Teach us, Lord, how to be faithful. How to cling to you. When we're challenged, Lord, may we look to you for guidance. May we count and depend on your Holy Spirit. May we be humble in heart and trust you always. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.